Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode. We're going to be talking today about lead magnets, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on how to choose the best lead magnet for your business, how many lead magnets you need, and I'm going to give you a list of eight lead magnet examples to get your wheels turning. So let's go ahead and get started. So how do you go about choosing the right lead magnet for your business and the right lead magnet that's going to actually entice your audience, your prospects to go ahead and click and give you their email address? So just as a reminder, what is a lead magnet? So when we talk about lead magnets, we're talking about the engage stage of the client value journey. And as you remember, the client value journey is the six step process that all clients go on from first knowing about you and your brand to actually purchasing and becoming raving fans. So they're always going on this journey, whether you intentionally design it or not. And so the lead magnet is a stage in which you've amplified the message, right? You've gotten the awareness out there of what your business is, who you are, you know, either through running ads or partnerships. Um, But you've managed to find yourself in front of new eyeballs, new audience, right? So now what do you do? Now there is, you know, the idea that your brand and what you do is so compelling and so cool that that person is just going to go ahead and purchase right away. But as we know, that isn't usually how it plays out, right? Our big goal here is to get an email address because we want to continue the conversation. We want to keep nurturing the client. So how do you get their email address, right? Well, that's through lead magnets and lead magnet is basically like a piece of content that you offer or something that you offer that adds value to your prospect. But how do you choose the right one for your audience? Right. Well, I think it's going to be most useful to go through this list of eight lead magnets first, and then we can talk a little bit about how to choose the right one. So I hope as I'm going through this list, you can start thinking about lead magnets that actually you've put your email address in for. I think it's always really cool to keep a running list of the advertisements or the lead magnets or the emails that you receive that really catches your eye and start to kind of pick apart why you thought that particular piece of content or that particular marketing actually got your attention. Um, If you do that, you can start to see, you know, some patterns and some, uh, and gain inspiration for some things that, that you thought were really effective because it worked on you, right? So let's go eight lead magnets I have for you. The first one is a checklist or cheat sheet. So this is just a form of like a downloadable um, PDF that you can offer to people that's going to be a really quick but helpful resource. And this is a caveat I want to share. Any of the lead magnets that you create, 
they need to really add value for the prospect. Otherwise, it's just a huge waste of time for you or your team and kind of for that prospect as well. But a cheat sheet and a checklist is a really great, quick, easy to digest way to kind of, you know, help your prospect get like a very small win. So the idea is like, is there anything in your business that this might work for, right? If you're trying to, I don't know, if you're a company that is helping people like a clothing company, right? And you want to help people clean their closet for spring cleaning. An example would be offering a quick checklist of steps that someone can go through to clean their closet for spring cleaning. But get creative here, right? There's a lot of different ways that you can create checklists or little cheat sheets to have that prospect do something, right? Something that's related to your business, to your product or service. Number two is a guide, right? A guide could be in the form of a playbook. You can create sort of a PDF playbook, or you could offer a case study, or a white paper. So these are kind of all the same, same ways of saying sort of a similar thing. A guide is great because it's usually longer than a checklist or a cheat sheet, right? And you get an opportunity to share maybe a little bit about you and your business. And then you're working, you're, you're sharing a problem and a solution with the client. So, or the prospect. So think for yourself, is there anything that's related to your product or service in which a guide may be a very helpful tool for prospects, right? Either you're guiding them to do something themselves or you're offering research, right? Or testimonials from clients that have already gotten from A to Z. And in the process of sharing that, this prospect is going to understand more deeply about their problem, right? And the solution that your company can offer, which is really, really great, right? The only caveat there is the guides are, you know, maybe a little bit longer for people to work through. So, which means it may take them a little bit longer to digest it, right? With a checklist, it's kind of like a, it's a punchy, easy, quick sort of thing where if you're really good at timing the follow-up email, which we'll talk about at the end of this uh, episode as well, you know, you have that opportunity maybe to, to make a sale or something because that's like a quicker action. Whereas a guide, someone's going to want to download it and digest it and take a little bit longer to work through it. The same is true for the third lead magnet, which is a workbook. Now, a workbook is a lot like a guide, right? Um, or could be even sort of looking like a case study or a white paper. But the difference is, is that a, a workbook has space for this prospect to actually make notes or do some sort of thinking or working themselves in association with the content that you're sharing. So again, this could be really, really useful for demonstrating the value of your product or service and having in an interactive way that prospect sort of digest some information about your product or service or the brand or something, and then reflect, have some reflection time that connects your product or service with their own business. So it's really great in sort of bridging the gap between your brand, your product service, and then your target client's pain points, right? But just like the guide above, it does take usually prospects to work uh, some time to work through the workbook, 
right? And in that, and in that moment, if you're not clever about follow up, you could really lose some momentum, right? You that person could sort of, um, you know, maybe they don't actually go through the workbook because they don't have the time, right? <clears throat> but um, you know, it's not as snappy and quick to digest as the first suggestion of the cheek cheat or the checklist. So that's just something to look out for. Um, number four lead magnet that you could try is a quick training. Now this could be in the form of a video or an audio, and this could take the name as masterclass or web class or something like that webinar. And this is somewhere, something that you want to be able to boil down a piece of information connected to your product or service mm -hmm. that can be digestible in about mm, 30 minutes or so where you're going to teach something, right? You're going to teach, um, teach someone something related to your product or service. And usually in this kind of quick training, you're giving like a little bit of information about who you are, what you do. And at the end, typically there is a pitch. So it, it is more like a, of a complete lead magnet. But again, it is a con of this one is it's a little bit more of an investment in your time. Um, to sort of create the training and to film it, there could be costs occurred if you, you want to get someone to film it for you or you want the audio cleaned up. So it is a little bit of a bigger commitment. But what's great about a quick training like that on video or audio is that the prospect gets a nice connection with you as the founder, like who you are, your story, they can hear the passion in your voice. And so therefore, there's that sort of emotional pull for the prospect that will make it a little bit more likely that they um, increase their interest in your brand service or product. Number five, number five is a challenge. Okay, so this is a really interesting model. A challenge is similar to a quick training, but it is dripped out over an email campaign, usually within like over five to 10 days. And in the challenge, just like the training video, you're trying to work prospects through like a specific issue, right? And again, all of the benefits from the quick training, which is they, they get to see you or hear your voice and hear your personality, get to know your story, and you could add a lot of value um, and really help make progress, right? You can really showcase like what you can do or what your brand can do for the client, right? And again, as I say all of this, I, I've been saying you as the founder um, to deliver these sort of trainings or whatever, but of course it's, it could be someone on your team. Um, you see kind of SaaS products all the time mm -hmm. utilizing their CS team or you know their sales team even to kind of deliver this content. And that is also completely fine as long as the content's adding value, right? And I believe that even if it's not you as the founder, the the fact that there's a human being there right on the other end also still helps to elicit that empathy and sort of that peaked interest in the brand. So that's a challenge, right? So each day you're working people through a, a step. And actually I have a challenge that I run each quarter called the marketing quarterly planning challenge. That's only a five day challenge. And 
how that is delivered is an audio file, like just like the podcast, it's an audio file that gets into your inbox every day and helps works you through the steps of actually doing your quarterly planning. And the intention there is that, you know, sometimes it's kind of like a, seems a little bit like a slog to take like two or three hours out of your calendar and get the team together or whatever to sort of run through like a formal quarterly planning session. Cause like a really good thorough one could take that amount of time, you know, especially if you've been in business for a couple of years and have sort of data to review and, you know, have a lot to reflect on. Um, so that challenge was intended to sort of like cut the pain of doing that and, and get these like easy to digest chunks in like 30 minutes a day for a couple of days and you got it done. Um, so there's a link to this, that in the show notes, if you're interested in checking out how I um, formatted it and you know, you can be inspired by how I put that together. Um, number six, number six is a quiz. So this is actually really fun. And, and there's a lot of creative ways that you can connect a quiz to like almost any kind of brand, um, any product or service. Um, there are a couple things to consider here. So quizzes are super popular. People love, love to do them. And they usually are, you know, adding a lot of value. And the, the idea is sort of you work people through, um, you know, a series of questions that's also going to help you, right? So actually a quiz is a really powerful tool from a marketing perspective. It's almost like a reverse survey, but you can um, sort of create the quiz that's going to help filter these prospects into different segments for you. And then you can offer really good advice as their quiz results that are going to help them um, get to the next step wherever they are, right? But in doing so, you've now segmented this prospect. You understand uh, exactly sort of what their challenges are or where they are in their life or, you know, where they are in terms of solving the pain point that they have that's connected to your product or service. But there are a couple caveats here. For quizzes, like I would be very conscious of um, first making it look really professional. So using like some software, and I will suggest some softwares in the show notes for you um, that you can use uh, that's going to make it feel like a smooth process and it's going to make it feel professional. Because from a psychological standpoint, there is a little bit of... Um, I guess some power that you have in putting out a quiz as a marketing strategy, because when you deliver the answers to that person, you are reflecting back to them um, what, you know, something about who they are or what stage they are in business or what stage they are in, um, in solving the pain point that they have, right? So you want to be sort of just conscious and um, I guess empathetic in how you kind of deliver the quiz results and the questions that you ask. But it is a really effective tool because again, it works on both sides. It adds value. It's fun for people. Um, you can connect, of course, the or how you should structure is the, the um, answers to these questions. As you're describing what uh, the next steps are, they will have a connection to your product or service. Um, and so therefore it could help move people along in that sales journey as well. So that's number six. Number seven is a mini course. So um, it's a mini course is similar to sort of a masterclass or like a challenge, but a mini course would be something that 
you sort of give everyone access to a certain platform and they can kind of run through a program or some kind of training at their own speed, right? They log in, they have maybe, so the, the journey would be kind of like, you, you prompt them to log into sort of a landing page that has like six or seven videos that they can watch, you know, on demand that works them through a particular topic. So I wanted to give you an example of this. And I had recalled that Mel Robbins, who's like the motivational speaker, who's really wonderful, TED Talk uh, star. So Mel Robbins has a course that is... Um, is about like millionaire habits. Okay. So it was like three videos that she gave out for free to anyone that bought her book. That was, I believe the five second rule. And so as a bonus to the book, uh, or like to entice people to get the book, she offered this mini course. And for her, it makes a lot of sense because she's, you know, she's a motivational speaker and a teacher. And so going into that mini course sort of help people know her personality, her teaching style, and encourage her maybe to purchase her teaching courses, other teaching courses she has, or buy her book or other books that she has. So a mini course like in that, um, in that scenario is great, but you could use it for anything. So let's say that you're someone that has a product that's like a kitchen utensils, right? Let's say that you have um, you know, a bread maker, that's your business. You sell bread makers, like you have a brand of bread makers, right? And you could create a mini course that helps teach people how to make sourdough bread, right? And three or four videos, it's sourdough bread. So there's endless kinds of ways that you can kind of apply these lead magnets and tailor them to your product or service. And it's really fun to get really creative on all of things that you could do. So number eight in the lead magnet is I think like the one that everyone thinks of first, which is why I wanted to put it last, which is just like a promotional code, right? It's just a promotional code for a discount or free shipping or something that entices people to actually make that sale uh, quickly. And I think that there's two problems with promo codes. So I know this is the one that's the easiest one. It's the first one that everyone thinks about. But the promo code does two things. First, it doesn't really build a relationship with the the prospect in any way. It's sort of like you're not you're adding value just by saving the money, which is great. But there's not really a way for them to get deeper into your brand, your ethos, who you are. Now, of course, through the promo code, you should be, and again, I'll mention this later, following up with the email sequence that does that, right? Gives that value. But um, these other examples of the lead magnets, I I believe represent like a little bit of a bigger investment, a little bit of a like of a heightened intent from the prospect um, that I think you'll you'll see actually helps in uh, getting more qualified leads. The other problem with the promo code is that from the beginning of the relationship, and this is something to be really conscious about, you're training your prospects to expect discounts, right? So if you're offering a promo code for free shipping, it's going to be more challenging to get repeat customers to pay the shipping in the future, right? Or you're offering crazy discounts, it's going to be hard 
to get people to buy things when it's not on discount, right? Um, even if your product and service is extraordinary, um, you've kind of sort of opened the relationship where people are going to kind of be like wanting or hoping for the promo code moving forward. Um, so that's just something to be conscious of. It doesn't, I'm not saying that that always is the case. I'm not saying that every, you know, that it produces like more reluctance to be repeat buyers. Um, but there is that risk. So I would just be conscious of that, right? If you're only always throwing out promo codes, like, you know, every month you're doing a new promo code, you're going to train your audience to just wait for the codes and you don't want that. So that brings us to, you know, what lead magnet to choose? What is right for your audience? So I would encourage you to get really creative, but I want you to be conscious of creating value. And it needs to be, the lead magnet needs to be something that makes sense to your brand. And also ideally something that works people through the sales journey. So when we're talking about the sales journey for the clients, right? There's usually three phases. There's the awareness phase, right? So them becoming aware that they even have the problem, right? So maybe they, they know what they're, they, they have a problem, right? That's why they got interested in your business in the first place. But oftentimes our brands are solving for not what they think their problem is, but what we know their problem really is, right? So the awareness phase, usually these lead magnets help kind of move clients to mm -hmm. connecting like what they think their problem is to what we believe as the brand their problem really is, right? And then, of course, the second phase of that sales uh, that sales journey is consideration. So how can we create content that helps them um, consider the choice uh, to purchase with your product or service? And then the last is decision phase. Like how could we really push those prospects to actually go ahead and close the deal, right? So in this first stage of the awareness of the problem, like what lead magnets can we create that's going to connect with the pain points of our prospects and help move them through this sales journey. So in that, it means that you're not like 100% solving the problem for the client with the lead magnet, right? You're giving them uh, a small win and then a taste of how your product or service help move them along to the life that they want, the vision they want, what they want to feel, right? What they want to be, do, have. So that is going to take some consideration, right? You have to consider really what's going to fit the best and make the most sense with your brand. But then the second thing is like the bandwidth, right? Because these eight examples of lead magnets all have varying degrees of work behind them, right? So for example, like a checklist, very quick, like you could probably have, you know, you or someone on your team put that together in a day, done, make it design nice, and then kind of put all the, you know, the automations behind it to make sure that, you know, it's set up with a landing page and people put their email in and then the link gets sent to them automatically, all that sweet stuff. That's a quickie. But if you're going to be you know, creating uh, a master class, right? Or even a mini course that's going to be filmed or, or that quiz, which I think takes a lot of consideration to put together, you know, it's going to be more of a lift to create the lead magnets. So you're going to want to be conscious of that. So that leads me to the next question. Like how many lead magnets do you need for your business? 
I, in my experience, I think that it is usually much more beneficial to zero in on like one or two lead magnets and really get good at like zero, like honing in on the messaging around them, right? So you understand your target client, you understand what their pain points are, and now you've decided what lead magnets, what kind of content you can create that would be really adding value, right, to that target client. And so I've seen businesses that just pump out like tons and tons and tons and tons of lead magnets, right? Just kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. What I think is a better approach is sort of, okay, getting clear on what that pain point is and the content that you can create that would be meaningful. And then it's sort of, how do you package up the lead magnet? Like the creative around like the images and the copy that describes what the lead magnet is, the, what you call the lead magnet. Like there's so many variables there that you can get really good at sort of selling the lead magnet. Now, even though the lead magnets are free, you still have to sell it. Even if it's free, you have to sell it. So I think it's more worthwhile, especially for bootstrap startups, um, to spend the time kind of zeroing in and honing on, in on some really, really good lead magnets. I can tell you that the there are some really fabulous brands that have had the same lead magnet for years for years because they've spent time just honing in on really getting the production from the lead magnet, right? They've really honed in on how to convert instead of just keep producing more lead magnets. So I would say that that is a, uh, a better strategy. And then last but not least, how do you start um, really getting some conversions and some revenue from these lead magnets? And so the juice really comes in the follow-up emails. And I'm going to do a whole other episode on this because it is such an important topic. But once you've delivered the lead magnet, right, you have this captivated audience and you have this opportunity to really start the conversation with the client. And when you deliver the lead magnet, you should have a series of emails, an email drip campaign that follows up automatically with that prospect, right? And through those emails, you're adding value. And then hopefully, I mean, when it's done right, um, kind of escorting that prospect to actually, to actually take action with you in the form of making a purchase or booking a demo um, or a sales call, however your business, um, you know, sells to people. But the, the follow-up email sequence is really important because if you just deliver the lead magnet and then don't ever talk to that prospect again, they're more likely than not kind of going to forget you um, until that regular newsletter, which is in the nurture phase, which we'll get to um, in another episode as well, going a little bit deeper into that. But, you know, you, you should be having like a regular newsletter you send once a month, but maybe that's not enough. Maybe you have someone who downloaded this lead magnet and they are in their, you know, in the moment where they're ready, they're going to be ready to buy really soon. So you do not want to lose their attention. So the follow-up email is really important. So what lead magnets are you using for your business? Did I give you any new ideas you hadn't thought of again? Just to recap of those eight lead magnet examples, we had number one was the checklist or cheat sheet. Number two was a guide 
which could be in the form of a playbook, a case study, a white paper. Number three is a workbook. Number four, a quick training, which could be like a masterclass or a webinar, however you want to call it. Number five is a challenge. Number six, a quiz. Seven, a mini course. And number eight is a promo code. I would love to hear from you what has worked in your business, what lead magnets are completely rocking and just getting that revenue pouring into your business, or what lead magnets have you created that just crickets, like no one wants it. Can't wait to get your comments on that. And I'll see you back here next week for the Marketing for Startups podcast. Thanks for listening. You did it. You made it to the end of the episodes. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member and i hope that you found this helpful if you did like this episode it would mean so so much to me if you subscribed if you rate and review this podcast it helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying it also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on instagram and tag me at ugly ventures u-g-l-i ventures v-e-n-t-u-r-e-s I am always so appreciative to hear from you and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.